Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tambua Women in Tech Fireside Chats. As you're aware by now, every time we get a chance to interact with amazing women within or across the ecosystem who are doing remarkable jobs in the tech industry, ranging from project managers, software developers, engineers, and anybody who is in STEM. Now today we are going to be having an amazing woman, you know, uh, somebody we gave a shout out to last year and we're going to get to hear her story. Hi, Sharon. Hi. Nice to meet you. Um, I know that Nairobi weather is so cold right now. Um, yeah, I can see all of us are in sweaters. So <laughs> really, really good to know you can relate to the weather situation. Um, I guess just to get us started, uh, would you kindly introduce yourself? Thank you. My name is Sharon Jebichok. I'm a software developer. So I switched into tech, but currently I, I work as a Web3 software developer at Utu. And I think we'll talk more. Interesting. So there's something you've said, you switched into tech. Would you kindly elaborate on that? Okay, so my background is in agribusiness. I did that. Then I graduated around 2018. After that, I came across blockchain and I got interested in it. So being interested in it, I realized that I have to be a software developer in order to be involved in this space. So early 2020, I, I, I decided to join a bootcamp in Kisumu, Lekab. It's called Lekab. So I joined Lekab and then that's how I started my tech journey. Wow. Okay. Um, so this is how we're looking at it. You were in the agribusiness field and then you switched to tech space. You know, majority of people don't know how possible that, like that's even a possibility. Um, before we get into your journey into Web3 and blockchain, would you tell us how it was transitioning? I know you've talked about the bootcamp, but I'm just trying to understand, was it a very, very difficult transition? Are there things you had to learn? Because the assumption is for you to actually maybe do something like uh, be really good in the tech space, then you need a background in computer science. But here you are with a business, uh, with a background in agribusiness and still flourishing in the tech space. Uh, would you tell us about the journey? Okay, so at first when I realized that I have to be a software developer, I thought that I would need a computer science degree. So. At that time, I've just finished a four-year course. And again, I want to, I'm thinking of one thing, uh, maybe computer science degree again. So that sounded impossible. So during that time, I thought I might wait for a while, then maybe consider it. But in the process, I was just on Twitter, then an account followed me. And normally when someone follows me, I check. I check what they do. So it was a bootcamp called Bunifu College. So when I checked their site, I realized that they offer professional courses like full stack software development and other courses. So I got interested in the full stack course because it was saying seven months. And with this, I realized that so there are schools called bootcamps and it can still work for someone who wants to become a developer. So after Ubunifu, in the process of preparing to join Ubunifu, I came across Lekab and I found it a better option to 
Ubunifu. So that, that's how I decided to join, join the start learning, start learning the software development. So joining the bootcamp, of course, it was a bit overwhelming because I didn't have much experience with computer, but with the with the help of the bootcamp, it was it was a good, it was of great help. And also after the bootcamp, I tried getting involved in a lot of communities, and that helped to really transition and get get a place in the tech space. Wow, um, that's really amazing. You know, the fact that you even considered doing another four year course, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't know how you would have hacked that, but I've seen people hacking it and it's like, hey, not me. But it's really interesting that you actually gave it consideration and finding an alternative that only like seven months and you're able to acquire skills that you needed to even just begin in this, you know, journey as a software developer. Really, really insightful. Well, let's talk about Web3, you know. Um, truth be told, I am green in the space. So I'm just going to let you lead this conversation on but when you look at it um you know I, a lot of people are talking about web3 and some of us have no idea what it even revolves around but you said you had an interest in blockchain and then transition to now web3 um, what exactly is web3 so web3 is is a let's say is a new tech tech stack or tech part of tech so the thing with web3 it's so in the web there is web1 web2 and now we are in the web3 so web1 is just about the internet then web2 is about now using the internet to create maybe sites and platforms that users can interact with each other create their own content and all that to do with storing data, but still the web the web two has its own challenges. Like, let's say databases are controlled by individuals, and there are still some challenges with the web two space that the web three now feels like it is the solution to what's going on in the web web two. So with web three, it uses the blockchain as its backend, but the front end is just like the current front ends we have. Like, let's say for our web, we can have a front end built with maybe JavaScript or React. And then instead of having maybe a Node.js or Python backend, we, we use the blockchain, which the blockchain, we have the smart contracts, which are just programs written to be integrated to the front end so that the user can interact with the blockchain. So the Web3 sp space is growing. And in the Web3, there is a lot of, let's say, use cases that you'll find in the Web2. For example, let's say for storage in Web2, we have AWS. But for Web3, we have, <laughs> we have platforms like Filecoin, IPFS, a lot. So everything that is happening in the Web 2 is also happening in the Web 3, but now it's, it's trying to curb on maybe privacy and putting a lot of things in public and also the idea of decentralization. Wow, um, quite, quite interesting. I think privacy is at the top of everybody's mind nowadays. 
you know, mm -hmm. with us sharing data, um, we would actually want to be the, assured that the data that we're sharing with other people is actually secure. And if you're talking about Web3 being a solution to some of these things, then, well, okay, interesting. But so when you jumped into the space for Web3, um, how has it been like, you know, and some recommendations for somebody getting started. So maybe I am curious, like right now I'm like, okay, if it's going to solve the issue of privacy, you know, this issue of having centralized data is quite a big deal. Like why? I don't want to say one person having full control of everything. So if it could be decentralized, then the better. Now, when you talk about this, um, I'm, I'm sure the steps that you took for you to actually learn more about Web3, would you talk to us about it if you're okay with that? Okay. So initially, the reason I got into tech was because I was interested in blockchain development. So the thing I did was I thought I would need to become an ordinary software developer before maybe becoming a blockchain developer. So to, to maybe be in the Web3 space, there is an option of maybe just understanding blockchain, then learning Web3 development, maybe the smart contract development directly without maybe knowing the Web2. But for most, let's say, programs, they prefer people who already have a Web2 background, like they are already software developers. They know programming languages like maybe JavaScript, Python. So for me, how it worked was starting with maybe going through LECAB, where we learned full stack software development with, with JavaScript. And then also after LECAB, I went to another bootcamp, did almost the same full stack software development. But in the in doing all this, I, I still tried to understand the theory part of blockchain, how blockchain works, maybe P2P trading, just understanding how it works. And then when I started getting comfortable with Web2 development is when I started attending hackathons, blockchain hackathons, where the first few weeks of the hackathon, they might just train people. You are taught maybe introduction to blockchain, then smart contract development with Solidity, then now you start building the decentralized applications. So that's from last year. I started taking, going through such boot camps and still doing the Web2 stuff. And then towards the end of the year, I got my first tech role. So in that role, I was doing, we were doing mostly React, building applications using React Native and JavaScript generally. So apart from that, I decided to join a school that teaches smart contract development with Solidity. So I did the course from January this year up to around April. And then after when my contract ended at work, I, I, I had this plan that when this contract ends, I hope to maybe not renew it, but look for a Web3 role because it would be great if I get an opportunity in the Web3 space at the moment when it is still early. So after that, now through what I gained, the skills, I currently have a Web3 role. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, I'm seeing a lot of boot camps contributing to your journey, a lot of hackathons that you have participated in. 
trainings, um, institutions, learning institutions and things like that. It just shows that it doesn't have to be through this, you know, for those in Kenya, it's like an eight for four curriculum whereby eight years of primary school, four years of high school, four years of university, then you start a job hunt. But here you're talking about the fact that there are institutions that participated to your journey. There are communities that had hackathons, boot camps, you know, hosting them. And all this contributed to you learning more and even gaining more skills, you know, hands-on experience. Um, I'm going to ask you something. Would you maybe recommend some of the resources, you know, if you could mention these institutions? So I know you've talked about Ubunifu being part of your journey. You've talked about Lake Hub in Kisumu being part of this. But when, when it comes specifically to these ones for Web3, because a lot of people, yes, have learned about Web1 and Web2. You know, a lot of people have that experience building websites, building web, you know, web applications and things like that. Now they're looking at how exactly could they be part of this future that is Web3 in a way. And so with regards to resources, institutions, would you kindly, if it's okay again, mention some of this, communities that they could plug into, um, hackathons that they can participate in, and is there like a support, I'm about to say a support group, but then this is not therapy. <laughs> but is there like a support system for those trying to venture into the Web3 space? Yeah. So for Web3, I would encourage someone not to be limited to maybe Kenya alone, because you find globally, a lot of people are tra trying to transition into Web3, though there is no adequate resources and there is no actual roadmap because things keep changing. Whatever was being taught last year is different with what is being taught right now in the Web3 space. So for me, I find following communities like developer DAO because for them, they have invested a lot in education and also the people in the community are trying to come up with resources more often. And then apart from that, in the developer DAO, they have like Web3 Africa, which is a parallel community that targets, let's say, people interested in joining the space who are based in Africa, then there is one for women. So I find a place like developer DAO is cool. And then there is a community called Learn Web3 DAO, which also it's it's a global community or a DAO. So for them, they have curriculums that runs from junior up to senior level. So that's that's a good place to go. And then for most of the Web3 projects or Web3 protocols, most of them have their own education resources because they are trying to onboard as much people as possible into the Web3 space. So just checking any any Web3 projects like Polygon or Alchemy, they might find. Then also in Kenya, there are other communities like Celo. And also if they can reach out to me, I can recommend some to them. But for me, the school I went through is called Web3 Bridge. It's based in Nigeria. And they have around two cohorts in a, in a year. And if you are not in Nigeria, you can join virtually and it's completely free and also there is one called web3 ladies so those are the ones i can recommend wow okay 
Um, I'm actually shocked that most of this is actually remote. Uh, so this is the thing. Uh, let me give you a story. I once saw the cello, you know, they had a, an event at IHUB um, in Nairobi. And I was like, okay. So then they showed what Web3. I'm like, what is this now? I've had a lot of things where I'm like, had zero understanding as to what Web3 was about. So I'm like, hmm, pass. But now that you've actually given me an in-depth explanation, I think this is something that a lot of people should actually consider, you know, uh, the fact that there are even communities that are not locally based. So you could join some of these things remotely. You could take up remote classes. And I'm happy to hear that DAO is actually having free classes for this, you know, teaching people about Web3 in a more in-depth way. Okay, Sharon, so you have talked about, uh, you know, we have talked about work, we've talked about Web3, we've talked about how you got to where you are. But this is just, you know, some people ask, uh, do software developers have a life outside work? Because you talked about a lot of learning things that you've been doing. So would you maybe tell us what else you do? Are there like communities you're running? Are there, is there like another space you run on your own? Are there other things you do uh, than what we have discussed before? Okay, apart from work, um, involved in this community, it's called Spacia Tech. It's a community we started about four months ago. So we started it with a couple of guys who are active in Tech Twitter, but the community at the moment has a lot of Kenyan Tech Twitter community and some Nigerian Tech community and also few Tanzanians. So the thing we do is hold spaces every Thursday. So far we have held over 14 spaces. And with the spaces, we, we have different topics each week. So we can decide this week, we'll invite recruiters to come and talk or some senior developers to come and talk. And then people get to ask questions or suggest speakers that can come. Then apart from the spaces, we also have a Discord, Discord server for the Spacia Tech. So with the Discord server, we have designers and developers with, let's say, every tech, tech people. And then we, we had an idea to start an open source project so that those guys who are still learning or looking for roles can get a place to do some stuff to just gain some experience. So with the open source project, we started with UI UX designers. And so far they are about to finish doing their designs so that we can onboard developers to come and implement the designs. So that's what we are doing at the Speciatech. Apart from that, I'm currently a mentor at Web3 Ladies where for me, I'm on the blockchain track. So we teach we teach solidity and and blockchain to not only the guys interested in Web3, but also to Web2 developers, UI UX designers, and people doing project management. So that's what, apart from that, that's what I do. And then also just trying to attend meetups over the weekends, but I don't have much outside. Thank you. Okay, if I had confetti, I think this would be the time to point on you because wow, so much impact that you are creating in the ecosystem, you know, mentoring people um, through the women's program, uh, Web3 Ladies. At the same, same time, here you are running a space here tech uh, on Twitter, you know, empowering people. And it's always good to see such projects because 
a lot of people gain great insights from actually participating in them. And now that you even have an open source project whereby developers can contribute. I don't know if I'm allowed to clap. Um, yeah, but good job. Um, now I'm keen, uh, you know, when you look at Twitter, a lot of people don't really see the essence of how much impact it can have on one's career. So would you talk about how that has actually helped you, you it, or what are the benefits that you have seen? Because you say you are running a space here tech on Twitter, but for you as an individual, what role has Twitter played in your life? Okay, so when I was getting started with tech in 2020, I, before that I used to be active on Twitter, but I used to tweet different stuff because I didn't have a specific thing that was going on. So from 2020, I decided to just do that building in public as I learn, let's say in classes. So with that, I can say with the Kenyan community at that time, it wasn't very, very welcoming because at that time, I think with the Kenyan tech space, mostly the mobile developers are a bit closer together as compared to the other tech parts. So for me, after LECAB, I joined this program, which was Nigerian, and there it's called HNG or Zuri. So with that, I most of the people I was closer with were Nigerians up to maybe last years when I started interacting a lot with Kenyans. So with Twitter, I've been just maybe building in public, sharing stuff. If I see someone has tweeted something and I, I feel like I can retweet and it can help someone else. And in that conversations come up, we get to interact with different people. And then also the idea of blockchain for me, normally let's say if I learn something, I can also maybe tweet. And you find that through that, at times you find those guys in the blockchain space, a lot of people are not developers, maybe they're trading or investing. So whenever something related with developers comes up, they'll always refer to me. So I find that, let's say Twitter has helped me. And also for my first tech role, the person who recommended me out was an alumni of, let's say, a bootcamp that I went through. But apart from that, we we got to know each other through Twitter. And funny thing, it's the 100 days of code. So I believe like if people can maybe make use of Twitter, get to try network, not only just retweeting, even let's say answering something that you relate with or asking a question might lead to something. And by last, let's say two roles, the current one and the, there is one I went before the current one. So these are just blockchain roles. So it was much about networking, like those guys in the blockchain space looking at you and saying, you might wait here. So I find Twitter is really of great help or just Twitter and also let's say LinkedIn and GitHub are helpful. Wow. So using it more than just as a social media site where you go there and retweet about things, but actually as a platform to network, you know, and learn from others and share what you know. Yeah, I, th I think majority of developers are now using Twitter for the same purpose. And, you know, you never know, maybe your recruiter is out there looking at somebody who's just very, very active in that space, and it could be you. 
Um, so I think we have covered majority of what we want to talk about. But before we wrap up the call, um, anyway, before like, I have, I think, two last questions to ask you. What are some of the lessons that you have learned over time? And do you ever regret switching from agribusiness to technology space? Okay, one thing that I've learned is about imposter syndrome and burnout. So with imposter syndrome, just that feeling of you're not good enough or you're just feeling like you're completely struggling. So for me, I've come to realize that it's something that will always be there. It will come and go. So you have to really, let's say, believe in yourself and don't let the imposter syndrome win against you. So, and also when that time comes, try to maybe remember things that have worked for you. And if there is something you feel maybe you can work on and it won't take at all on you, you can just work on it. Then also for burnout, I've realized that it comes in circles. So it will come maybe after some months. So just be ready for it. And just know that once that phase is over, you'll, you'll regain the energy to keep going. So just, acknowledging that imposter syndrome and burnout happens then also the idea of building in public and being with people yeah not shying away and then regretting i can't really regret because one of the reasons i switched to tech was much about maybe even unemployment so you can't i can't imagine a life without tech if I was to go back there, I, I'm not sure if I could be liking what I would be doing or so, but I can say tech is completely different. Like apart from even maybe having employment, it's just fulfilling because there is just that satisf satisfaction that comes from maybe building projects and knowing that you can do something. Thank you. That's 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 very very true. You know, being able to create social impact, being able to make a difference, and you know, we're looking at a space whereby majority of the things are transforming to the digital space. So we are evolving from the more traditional methods of doing a lot of tasks. You know, uh, and we are seeing uh, technology taking over the world. And so, being part of this conversation, I'm. Um, Truth be told, I'm very, really happy to know that you switched and you have zero regrets so far. Um, and still you have the knowledge for agribusiness. So if you ever think of investment, you'd be like, hmm, I still have that agribusiness knowledge that could help me one way or another. So now that we are coming to the end of this call, uh, what parting shot do you have, um, you know, for those who are just going to be listening to this, um, for anybody getting started, what is that one thing that you want them to go home with and think about at the end of this? Okay, just for, let's say people who are completely getting started, I would recommend maybe if you're not yet sure which, which path to take, not really, let's say tech stack or maybe going for web or mobile, I, I would say that if you're feeling like getting started with tech, the time is now. You can just start with free code camp and after a while you will realize if you really want to do that or 
without with just getting started you it will even open doors to realize that you can you can join this school you can learn through this way you can meet such people and then for people who are already in the space i i would just say do not give up try if you are looking for opportunities just try applying work on your profiles and also networking is key it might be hard if you are looking for it alone but if other people also know you it might be of help they might recommend you somewhere and just let's try make some impact and keep going that's all i can say well amazing amazing thank you Thank you so much, Sharon, for creating time to have a chat with us, to share your experience, to share your knowledge, and also inspire, you know, some people out there, more so women who would be keen on joining the tech space or venturing into Web3, starting their own space, or running something like Spacey Tech, you know. Um, how can viewers reach out to you? Um, this is just the last request, you know. You talked about you being open to answering questions regarding Web3, mentorship, and things like that. So. How exactly can our viewers or listeners get to you? Okay, if the best way to get to me is through Twitter at Sharon Jibitok. I'll share with you my account and then you can share, you can maybe share with them. And also on LinkedIn, dash Sharon Jibitok, I'll we'll be able to talk. That's okay. Cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'll to all our viewers and listeners, that was Sharon Jebi Talk based in Kenya. It was very nice having her, listening to her share her knowledge about Web3. You've heard about the resources that she has shared with us. Kindly go look at them, the institutions that she has gone through. You could look them up. The thing is, some are remote. The communities, some are remote. It was very nice to have her here with us, and we're looking forward to future conversations with anybody who would want to talk to us. Great having you. My name is Alela, your host for the day, and looking forward to future episodes where we get to interact with women in tech about various topics. Once again, thank you so much, Sharon, and looking forward to future interactions. Goodbye for now. <laughs>